listening to Not Good Enough, an inadequate response to inadequate responses. I'm Mitch Alexander. I'm Tom McLean. And I'm Evie. And we have Isaac in our headphones, fact-checking and sitting on the railways, stopping us from podcasting. Fucking hell, Isaac. <laughs> <laughs> now, that's that's direct action right there. <laughs> Isaac doing God's work <laughs> by stopping the podcast one by one. If one man's going to stop us, it's Isaac. <laughs> <laughs> that's so Baller, though. <laughs> <laughs> Starting this episode with a whole bunch of good news again. We've got heroes all across the country and they are converging on the worst places in the country because more and more people just keep getting in front of fucking coal trains and stopping them delivering coal and that costs the coal companies a lot of fucking money and also like very, very incrementally manages to stave off our death just a little bit and it's yeah. fucking delightful. This guy locks himself in a car on some rail lines for a couple hours and I get to live for a couple more hours. Thanks, man. <laughs> but it really is. So like, so so what ended up happening was there's this uh, group, Blockade Australia, and they are shutting down uh, train lines where these coal trains are trying to deliver coal directly to these stations. And they have done things like just suspended themselves off the side of these bridges where trains are supposed to be going. And like, there's people on the bridges, even if they're hanging off the sides. Like, well, the train can't go through. Yeah, it's like if you run the train, then it cuts the cable that the activist is suspended from. They, they you know, have a probably fatal drop. And, you know, it's like, are you... Obviously, we know that by delivering the coal, you're willing to murder, you know, everybody in the world. But are you willing to very directly murder this one guy? And that's where people are like, oh, I feel a bit uncomfortable about that. I need one layer of abstraction between, <laughs> you know, my actions and the death consequences and, and the activists removing that are just like, so yeah, fucking heroes. Yeah, the creativeness of just like not just being in the car across the rails but locking him – like a person locked himself into a hole in the ground inside a reinforced car on the train tracks. Like that is – Incredible. That it's the that coolest particular shit. one. The photos of that one is the coolest shit. He's got this fucking Mad Max car <laughs> distributed across two different like uh, train tracks, and he's got his arm inside the ground. But he's like, "You want to cut me out of the hole? You got to cut me out of the car first. It's so cool. I would yeah. never have even just thought of that. But like, his whole lock is not only what he's locked himself to in the ground, but there's a car around him that's also secured and locked. Yeah, I'm never gonna be as cool as this dude like honestly it rocks <laughs> it's it's sort of it's it's, it's objectively sick right it's <laughs> it's rad it's just really rad it's like he's he's kitted this car out like it's a zombie movie car there's like <laughs> you know a, a, a you know a metal grating over the wind uh, it's this photos we'll put the photos in the show notes it, it rules but it's also like Oh, that's necessary, hey. Like, if, you, if you're looking at, like, you know, oh, check out this fucking sick way that they've kitted out this Mad Max car to survive in this sort of brutal apocalypse. And uh, there's also people who really need to do that in uh, contemporary, you know, uh, period. Fuck. That, that yeah. sucks. I hate that that has to happen. Yeah, we're already there. <laughs> I wish that just, like... I wish that just writing a letter to your MP worked and a guy didn't have to lock himself in a fucking zombie car. <laughs> That'd God. be nice, wouldn't it? Oh, bummed myself out with this good news again. Sorry, everyone. <laughs> He's doing the Mad Max aesthetic so we don't have to do it in 50 years' time. Maybe 20 years' time. Who can say? His car looks like this so my car can look like oh. this and it's a, <laughs> it's a Tesla on fire. <laughs> Fuck. Oh. All this to say, all this to say, the, the the people behind these protests, Blockade Australia, uh, they're gearing up for a mass disruption in Sydney starting June 27th. Yeah, so that's June next year. Plenty of notice to, I guess, move to Sydney and, and start organising, you know, more uh, iron fencing for your own car. But, oh, no, I'm sorry. I, I really bumped myself out with <laughs> everybody, these activists are doing sick shit and the world's fucking doomed. And, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> My whole view on it for the for the last little while is like, you know, worst case scenario, go down swinging. Like, look, fucking go hard and have fun with it while you're doing it. But like, yeah, June 27th, we will obviously keep up to date with it on the podcast, but there will be shit happening in Victoria as well. Um, and I recommend everyone start to think seriously about getting involved in this shit. Like... XR Rebellion have been doing things for a while. Like, you know, bodies on the line and we need to be willing to get arrested. And then they'll fucking super glue themselves to a road in the city and like, yes, I got arrested. And that's it. But like, 
that mentality is legit where we need to to get to. And like the people yeah. in XR that are willing to do that, it's like you got to be willing to do it again, and you got to be willing to do it at a fucking coal station. But like. Yeah, so I would recommend buying chains and padlocks from Bunnings now. <laughs> Before they're illegal. <laughs> Before that starts getting tracked. <laughs> there was a thing I read a while ago that, that, that I can't remember any of the details of that was like talking about um, the Holocaust. I'm obviously um, uh, incoming comparison to the Holocaust, but it's like there's a lot of people who fantasize about like, oh, what would you do in the Holocaust? Are you just like a yeah. civilian or are you actually breaking people out of concentration camp sort of thing? That's like, that's real now. We've got, you know, society level destruction on the line that is just real. Whatever you're doing now is what you would have been doing if the Holocaust broke out, you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, no, I totally get the comparison. If something's happening right now, the time has stopped for you to fantasize about how much of an activist you could have been. The thing you're doing now is the thing that what you'll be remembered for. Yeah. Oh, no, I'd just be podcasting through the Holocaust. (laughs) (laughs) I mean... (laughs) (sighs) I'm going to try and stop bumming myself out about stuff. (laughs) Major German cities weren't involved in the war until sometimes they were firebombed. Like, Dresden was seen as a place that was, like, progressive in Germany. And actually, you know, some people are saying some pretty nasty things about Hitler. But, you know, otherwise, yeah, it's all pretty good. Like... The idea of like, what would you do during the Holocaust or World War or whatever? It's like, you have to go and do stuff. It doesn't come to you. Most of the time, especially in Western nations, we can sequester ourselves away and we can just say, oh, until it, you know, it's not that bad yet because it's not happening right here. And this is the Mm. thing of like, it wasn't nationwide. You could just convince yourself it wasn't sort of happening. Go out to it. Get shit done. Start fucking (laughs) doing actual things. You have to. Yeah, I, I mean, I guess, I mean, this is just going to say uh, it's, it's white privilege sort of thing, uh, but it is like a lot of people can just hide from shit. Yeah. yeah. Like, I, I don't even need to be podcasting. I could just sort of hide and do my job and, you know, just sort of hang out, carry out life peacefully, uh, play video games. I, I won't notice any climate stuff if I'm not paying attention to it until one of them kills me, you know? Yeah that's allowed that's possible it just sucks <laughs> <laughs> no i mean that's sort of no i said i wasn't gonna bum myself out man <laughs> yeah, i'm in you a keep, weird mood this McLean, morning. you Sorry, keep guys. saying that and we're about to get into some shit for the rest of the episode that isn't even labeled <laughs> under the good news section of the document <laughs> <laughs> you need to readjust man i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna turn this boat around and put a positive spin on it i think if you see an opportunity where you can sort of say something with your whole chest and it doesn't have to just necessarily be about the climate apocalypse it can be about anything i think it is an inherently positive thing to use whatever privilege you have to put yourself out there and say what you mean and say how you feel um you know i consider it as a thing for like trans rights as well i'm a cis woman I consider it my responsibility to use the means that I have to defend and speak very loudly, uh, you know, in support and to protect everyone I know who is trans. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Like, that is, that's my, that's my job. I have to do that. There's a, there's a line in the new Every Time I Die album, bit of a plug, um, <laughs> that stuck with me. Their lyricist, Keith Buckley, is a fucking god of a man. But, there's this line of what we fail to do defines who we are. And it's been oh. stuck in my <laughs> head for <laughs> since I fucking heard it. There's that and there's the other quote is, the standard you walk past is the standard you accept. Oh, yeah, I love I that I don't line. like that one. I don't like that one as much now because it, it there's a passivity to it where it's just sort of like, oh, I'm just accepting it. What you fail to do defines who you are. Yeah. Let that be like a that motivator one. to go out and do some shit. Yeah. Some breaking news this week. Uh, pre- Scott Morrison. <laughs> Scott Morrison held a press conference and he said he's never told a lie in public. That's it. That's the news. That's what oh, happened. You heard it from the man himself. <laughs> Case closed. No lies from Scomo. Take him at his word, and he's definitely never told a lie. I like your framing there. Of he held a press conference, like <laughs> makes it sound like he held a he press conference not. to he, say that he had like. Okay, he, I'm, I'm being serious for a moment. <laughs> he didn't. He didn't hold a press conference to do it. He was speaking to Neil Mitchell, who asked him, have you ever told a lie in public in response to him lying in public? And Scott Morrison said, no, I have never told a lie in public. And, like, 
what is he going to say? Like, is, do you think he's yeah. really going to say, yeah, I just like talk some shit sometimes and it doesn't really mean anything? <laughs> I will say in 20 years time, we will have prime ministers from like millennials and the, the Zuma generation who will say stuff like that. Like, yeah, yeah, I have. But what are you going to do? Actually, it's funny you say that because Tim Smith actually did say that the other week in response to <laughs> like const- like when Tim Smith the guy We're not talking <laughs> the- you may remember him from such incidents as driving into a fence <laughs> while blowing three times over the legal limit <laughs> <laughs> You may remember him from last episode where we were like, let's never talk about this motherfucker again. But no, here he is again. You may remember Tim Smith saying last week when he was called on the fact that he constantly asked people to resign over just the dumbest shit. And someone said, well, why aren't you resigning now after you kept on saying all this stuff? And he's like, well, I tend to just say stuff sometimes. I'm very much paraphrasing him. But like he basically admitted. Yeah, it's, oh, it's just the argy-bargy of politics, you know, uh, an opponent sort of slips up and you say, I demand your resignation. It's just it's just sort of throwing shit around in the sort of political sphere. It's not important that you mean what you say. This is politics. <laughs> just a sort of vote of no confidence in democracy, uh, I suppose, a vote which is immediately discarded. It's just Tim Smith admitting that a lot of, like, you know, politicking is really just, you know, monkeys throwing shit around. But, which is like, true. Which is demonstrably true. Like, he's not wrong about that. He's, you know, he's absolutely right. And Scott Morrison can do exactly the same thing because none of it ultimately matters. He can say that he doesn't lie. And even if he did admit admitted that he lied, again, does it really matter? Like, mm, a, yeah. a couple of months ago, was it a couple of months ago, Crikey made this whole big deal um, about how they were going to do a release saying <laughs> Scott Morrison <laughs> lied. And it was like, and? <laughs> the Twitter thread of articles, buckle up, everyone. We're going to call Scott Morrison a <gasps> liar. <laughs> and? Yeah, like, uh, well, what are we supposed to do with this? Uh, like, and this, it appears, it appears that this is going to be Labor's big stand for the federal election too. I'm not sure what we're supposed to do with this. We all know he's a liar. What are you going to do about it is the question. Yeah. It's also the case that everyone in politics is a liar. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That's the only way to get into fucking office these days. Like, it's it's not – it applies to everybody. (laughs) (laughs) So, whatever. Like he he is a bald faced liar. That is like he's he's compulsive about it. That's bad. I'm not saying it's good, but I'm just saying it's not unusual. And so that's obviously not going to cut through anything. It's not a remarkable trait. He's the prime minister. He's the best liar. That's just <laughs> that's what the job is. The award for being the best liar in parliament is getting the job of prime minister. The end. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's fucking Labor being once again decades behind the curve. In just like, oh, if we make it stick that he's a liar, people are going to care about that. That's like demonstrably not true. You know, Trump was a liar. He was very popular among the people who were like, check it out. Our guy's doing lies. We love to see it. If 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 I saw somebody who was just going out and telling outrageously false statements in support of climate change, that's like, you know, the 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 what call it the 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 whole adage about the the. The, a, a lie can get around the world before the truth has got its shoes on sort of thing. Yeah. yeah. Like, whatever. You know, if it's effective at achieving net more climate action, then the mere fact that it's a lie, I, I don't really give a shit. The outcome of climate action is is what I care about, and I don't really care about the moral state of the person making that action. Yeah, also, we have, we, we have a lot of evidence now to suggest that it doesn't undermine anything. Like, so long yeah. as you just barrel your way through, it doesn't fucking matter. So long as the rest of your side are also broadly supportive. The reason why Trump, Boris Johnson, Scott Morrison, Peter Dutton, all of those cretins can get away with this is that they don't have other right wingers going, oh, but, 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 hang on, that's not true about franking credits. They just go, <laughs> oh, yum, 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 yum. I can get power and then enact hmm. the change that I want. Like this, this is where we're at. Also, you're right in that. Like, Labor is well behind the curve on this shit. We are so far past. Watch out, politicians lie. We are now up to. There are two different realities happening simultaneously, and the truth is a relative concept. And the meat, like, we are so far beyond a couple that- of bloody naughty lies from politicians, and yet Labor are just like, 
I think that that is going to garner the majority of voters in the country to support us. Like, you fucking rubes. Have I told you guys about the reality-based community stuff? Have, have you guys heard that phrase? No. What's The reality-based that? community? This is a thing. I only found out about this, like, maybe a, a month ago or so. Um, just uh, it, uh, maybe I was talking to a listener on Twitter about it. If it was you, <laughs> thanks. It, it, it uh. fucked me up. Um, <laughs> this is a uh, quote that um, an official from the George W. Bush administration um, oh, God. said to, like, some press – uh, some some journo about um uh, the sort of the 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 obviously the the Bush administration was fucked. Um, what what's the here's the quote? The aide said that guys like me. This is the 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 journalist talking. The aide said that guys like me were were in what we call the reality based community, which he defined as people who believe that solutions emerge from your judicious study of discernible reality. That's not the way the world really works anymore, the aide continued. We're an empire now, and when we act, we create our own reality. And while you're studying that reality, judiciously as you will, we'll act again, creating other new realities, which you can study too, and that's how things will sort out. We're history's actors, and you, all of you, will just be left to study what we do. That was the sort of mentality of the Bush administration, was just like, yeah, we don't fucking care what's actually happening because we are the emperors and we're creating reality. And that's that fucked me up. You know As- what? When you were reading that out, I just I just heard the Adam Curtis drone <laughs> music. I was gonna say the same <laughs> shit. in my head. <laughs> I fucking, your voice as it was going had an 80s pop song underneath it (laughs) with visions of the Iraq war. (laughs) I'm done. (laughs) Oh, I'm going to be thinking about that for a long time. Fucking hell. This, you can see this so clearly in like the Scott Morrison government. Yeah. That is like. We're just obviously we're not worried about climate change because that's not the reality that we're creating. We're creating a reality where climate change isn't a problem, and that means that we can just dig up fossil fuels. And I honestly reckon you can probably extend that if they genuinely believe that the sort of words create what's true in a sort of the secret kind of way. No wonder they hate climate activists so much and people who are talking about climate change because they're like, fucking stop talking about it. You're making it real, you dickheads. Oh, my God. Yeah, you, you, they're disrupting their reality. Um, and I was yeah. going to say, like, it's it's good that you pointed out Trump before as well because it really does seem like this is – the next federal election is going to play out almost exactly the same as the first yeah. – as, as Trump's election because the only sort of identifying point that the Labor Party seems to have is just talking about – Scott Morrison, in the same way that the Democrats talked about Trump. Just like, bad, bad. yeah, man bad, he's a liar, isn't he silly, look at him cooking his Indian food, like, who the fuck cares about any of these personality traits? Do you have a policy or not? And no, I'm not going to look at a website for it. Tell me what you're doing. Tell me in three words or work on it and do better. Mm. Like, and I mean, like, you know, tell me. When I say me, it's like, I know who I'm fucking voting for. I'm already volunteering at fucking political parties. Like, I, I, anything the Labor say, I'm going to be like, yeah, sure. But, like, to actually get, you know, a Greens minority government with Labor where we can force them to act, blah, blah, blah. Like, you need to be working on cut through for the majority of people that vote that didn't vote for you last time. And, like... It, it, what the Labor Party have done for so long is go, oh, so you just want us to be right wing? It's like, no, we want you to be clear. That's <laughs> it. We just need you to have a strong idea of what should happen after the election. Tony Abbott did it. Stop the boats, axe the tax. If I get in, I will do this. Labor, just give me something that you will do <laughs> if you get into power, as opposed to just stand there and just wee your pants a little bit, which is what it feels like you'd do now. Albanese would win, be like, I just got a call from Scott Morrison, and he said that I won the election. <laughs> oh, and he was just like a, just a dark patch on his pants, as schoolboy Albanese just wheeze a little. Mitch, I have to pull you up on something, though. The thing is that Labor will take the lesson from the huge L that they're going to take when they lose the next federal election and think, well, we have to get more racist now. Like they do every oh, single federal election. Hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's because the bloody the bloody fossil fuel corporations gave more money to the Liberal Party than they did to us, and that gave them the edge. So the only thing that we can do is accept even more money from the fossil fuel corporations again. 
<laughs> it won't influence us, though. That's the best bit. Oh, no, it wouldn't. It would never influence us. Obviously, we believe in climate action. Oh, what kind of climate action? No, 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 no. We believe in it. <laughs> I'm genuinely... Okay, I'm manifesting something here. I'm sorry in advance. Um, <laughs> I'm <no> genuinely... <laughs> sorry. I, I, I'm going manifest, to manifest Amy. this and you're all going to hate me for it. I'm genuinely surprised there hasn't been sort of any identity politics around Adani in general. I feel like that's <laughs> we're heading towards that. You don't want to stop Indians from getting money, do you? There you, you go. Oh, you know tisk, it. Tisk. You you can feel it in your waters, right? You know it's going to happen. <laughs> Is this, we worried that they're going to sort of frame Gautam Adani as an immigrant worker. <laughs> yeah. True blue immigrant coming over oh here boy. helping Australia. No, but by the way, um, it, it just a uh, postscript. I don't have any opinions on that. If anyone wants <laughs> <laughs> Just letting the listeners know. Fucking hell. <laughs> Another thing that happened this week is that Pauline Hansen uh, issued a bit of very, it would seem, effective propaganda, which is, I think it's been foreshadowed, but I've kind of missed it because I don't really pay attention to Pauline Hansen stuff generally unless it goes viral. Um, but a South Park-esque cartoon, I guess it was sort of marketed as, but it's a little skit in which she's a cartoon teacher and all the students in her class are all various MPs, including Scott Morrison, Barnaby Joyce, um, Adam Bance in there somewhere. Um, Yeah, look, full disclosure, I did have a laugh at it. I'm sorry I laughed at Pauline Hanson propaganda. I'm sorry. Don't. Don't. I know. Shut up. I know. (laughs) But, look, I just want to talk about this in the context that it is effective propaganda and it is propaganda because it identifies the weakness in what Labor doesn't do, which is it does do it as an attack ad and it gets on the sentiment, which is that everybody hates politicians. Everyone sees them as, you know, hypocritical, bit stupid, kind of says things that don't really mean anything. And that is a sentiment that is shared by a lot of people across many political spectrums. So I get that it's effective propaganda in using that emotion, but don't share it on the basis of that. Yeah, and don't talk about, oh, it's actually pretty funny though. Like, I mean, if, if you, you know, there's – you know, homophobic and racist jokes that you can be like, oh, you know, the construction of that, you know, the, 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 you know, it's got really good, you know, weighted towards the punchline. The word economy is amazing. If you're still like, it's a bit funny, like, don't. <laughs> Just pretend it's not. If you find a racist joke funny, you know, don't say that you did. <laughs> that sucks. So, Here's the weird thing about that is that I have to deal with this a lot in, especially the black metal scene. It's kind of the same argument as like, you know, separating the art from the artist. Like, oh, Pauline Hansen's really bad, but this was kind of like, it's like you lose nothing in your life if you never watch something that's a shitty South Park video that might give you a chuckle or two. You're not losing out on highbrow art. You're not losing on some sort of transcendental experience. You don't need to watch it. You don't need to listen to the Nazi black metal because it's shit. It's like, it's, there's heaps of bands that are better. It's, we're not losing the Beatles. Right, but that's the thing. is like, even if the Nazi black metal was really good black metal, that's you the- can just be like, nah, it's fucked. Yeah. It's really bad. I don't like it. I have a counterpoint to this, which is I'm not, I, once again, I think it shouldn't be something that is widely shared, but I also laughed at, like, you know, as Trump is like a foolish dictator, like when he constantly, like, makes terrible tweets, I know what a bad person he is, I would never vote for him, I wouldn't, like, you know, but I still recognise that he's an effective propagandist. So where like, Right, but recognising it as effective propagandist is different to being, like, that's funny. And I honestly reckon that, that like, because Trump has even been a bit rehabilitated since he left office. Now it's just like, oh, you know, like, it's just a bit fun to talk into a sort of Trump voice that I reckon paved the way for people to be like, actually, the Pauline Hansen cartoon's pretty funny. Which, oh, yeah. I don't know, who gives a shit? 
right? Like, we're not short. Like Mitch said, we're not short on funny yeah, videos on the internet. Find a different one. Laugh at that one that's not made by somebody who's really tangibly been advancing a race-hate agenda Absolutely. for decades in this country. What the fuck? Also, it's propaganda for Pauline Hanson, not just like, oh, I'm actually a bit funny. It's propaganda for Pauline Hanson in that it portrays her as not liking the rest of the government when her party votes in lockstep with them. Yeah. She's part of that group. She's friends with them. This is the thing that I wanted to talk about, which is she is effective as a communicator to people who are politically disengaged for a reason. And it's really like this is something that I feel like every other party is really, really, really bad at. And it really it frustrates me that after years and years of these lessons – of saying like, oh, look at Clive, look at Pauline, look at these racist fucks who constantly put out these things that appeal to politically disengaged people. And they keep on saying, how do we How do we do that? How do we reach out to politically disengaged people? I know, we'll put out a tote bag that has like a, a thing about submarines <laughs> on it that nobody cares about. Like, this is how they get them. This is what I mean about like, I understand, I know that video is going to go fucking ape shit on Facebook because I know exactly the kind of people who are going to share that with their mates and go, see, Pauline Hanson's pretty good. Like, she doesn't like all the others. She's not like them. She is a fucking MP that votes, as you said, in lockstep with the Liberal Party. She doesn't give a shit. It's all about political capital. But she knows. She knows, or at least the people who she has employed to you know, continue to get votes knows that this is how she gets that political capital. You have to appeal to people who are disengaged and this is the best way to do it. And I know I hate it so much. I really hate that it's, you know, someone as horrific as Pauline Hanson, but it works. And I like, it's so, so frustrating to see, you know, the Greens and Labor just refusing to understand how that sort of political engagement with disengaged people works. As a as a practical tip for people who saw the cartoon and thought it was funny and they want to be able to share the funny in a way that doesn't support Pauline Hanson, and this is sort of generalizable to really any media that's created by somebody who really sucks, uh, steal it. Take the joke that she made in the thing, make it yourself again, and say that you came up with it. You can, <laughs> and you should. This is also like, hey, Labor Party political communicators, if you're listening to this podcast, just rip the fucking clip. And use it for yours. Take out the Pauline Hanson stuff. Put your guy in there instead. Say, we made this. You just can. It works all the time, all over the internet. You can just steal shit. Take out, crop out the attribution. Put in your own attribution with some joy laughing emojis. Be like, who made this? I made this. You just, it no, people can call it out as many times as you want. We know it never, ever sticks. So if somebody else who's bad has some good comms that are sticking, steal it and say that you came up with it, it is impossible to ever call you out on it. Yeah, 100%. Do it. That's how Hollywood was made and it's still going. Yeah. That's how it Great works. Great artists steal. Just, just take it. So I want to make just two quick points on this as well. Something just to reiterate, I've seen a lot of like over analysis of the cartoon and how effective it may or may not be and who might swing their vote because of it, blah, blah, blah. And this is propaganda not so far as it is trying to change people's opinion on individual politicians that she's lampooning and highlighting something that Adam Ban or whoever does. All it is doing is softening Pauline Hansen's image. We talked about it with the Jessica Rowe podcast. We yeah. talked about it how Sunrise have her on. The, the, you need to remember that you are a fucking idiot and in your mind <laughs> oh, there yeah. is just this big dial that goes between bad and good. And when you see something like this, even me, us on the podcast, everyone, we are not immune to this. If you see a good thing and it's associated with Pauline Hansen, your brain just does a little tiny tick where Pauline Hansen is now slightly better. Now, no one on this podcast is going to vote One Nation because of this cartoon. Of course not. <laughs> but we have all ticked slightly towards Pauline Hansen being good. And that's all it needs to do. And she's done that for 30 years and she has mm. made herself softer. And she has made herself a nicer image for the voting public. The second thing I want to bring up is that it wasn't fucking funny. 
If you thought it was funny, <laughs> that's really embarrassing. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Evie, I know you said you had a chuckle. It ah! was not funny. <laughs> I watched half of it with a stone face. Maybe it was my first hangover in 12 months, but oh my God, none of these jokes were good. Nothing landed. She has no comedy timing. What are you? The only reason why people were like, oh, it's actually pretty good is because you weren't expecting it from Pauline Hansen, who's a politician, which was yet more propaganda. You fucking rubes. Stop sharing it. Stop Start saying when she does something like this, that's fucking racist from a racist fucking piece of shit. I'm not going to share it. That's how you counter it. That's a lot coming from someone who's constantly laughed at friendly Geordie's videos. I'm just going to dox you live on the podcast with that. And I've never shared a single one. Eat shit, bitch. You got fucking sprung. I, I think, I honestly think there's something to be said for this thing of like, oh, you know, like Pauline Hanson sort of like making herself into a bit of a joke figure with. Oh, just various incidents over the years. That's like Bolsonaro is a joke figure. Trump is a yeah. joke figure. Hitler was a joke figure at the time. Like, turns out being a joke figure doesn't stop you from getting Absolutely. a huge amount of power and using it to just advance massive agendas of terrible harm. So if someone's like, oh, they've made a fool of himself, be scared of that instead of happy about it. Yeah. Do you think Scott Morrison cares that like people are logging on to make fun of his dinner or something? Like when he posts a picture about it, he does not care. Uh, he shit himself at a Macca's one time. This is going to take him down. It's not. He's literally he- used that Macca's anecdote yeah. to talk about on the radio <laughs> to distract it from other things because he knows it works. Him being the fool works to distract from something he doesn't want people to talk about. Like it's yeah. it's an effective means of like here is me acting like the class clown. Aren't I funny and relatable? Like it's it works in exactly the same way as a politician who goes to the pub and drinks a beer in front of a camera. In fact, it probably works yeah. even better than that because oh, everyone who drinks better. everyone who every politician who drinks a glass of beer at the pub looks like a lizard person, including Albo. So. It definitely works better. The one thing I do want to uh, just run back on is that I've never laughed at Friendly Geordies. Um, (laughs) (laughs) No, I've cringed my way through it, but he makes some good points. But like like you said with Pauline Hanson, she also made some good points. And it's like, and it's the the general overall vibe of this shit where it's just like the humour also isn't the point. When you were just like, guys this was actually pretty funny. She didn't release it to like, like take a career step into comedy. It's yeah. not the point. The same thing with fucking Friendly Geordie. It's a vessel for people who are politically engaged yeah. to get engaged for the wrong reasons. Yeah. And it's just like, and, and the other thing as well is like, just starting to see it more and more over the last two years, especially, but like for the last decade of like giving people platforms is all they want. It's a specific tactic of the alt-right to just get platformed and get seen. They do not care if you come at them with hard questions. They do not care if you make them look like idiots. If you uh, are sharing their content directly, if you are giving them a voice, if you are amplifying directly what they are doing, it's bad. I mean, it's good for them. It's bad for us. Yeah. So don't share this shit even ironically like you can't McLean you actually made the point through the week the idea of like I'm signal boosting but doing it ironically no you can't signal boost and do it ironically but like I think you can engage in conversations about it um I think with your friends and to like understand why like you know why did I laugh at this I want to know like I don't I want to know why it appealed why it appealed to me in the first place you can have those conversations but just don't amplify the thing yeah be critical of it i've i've read fucking shooter manifestos in the past and they're fucking horrible and they never surprise me but it's still this idea of like i i want to understand in some sick way what the fuck is actually happening with some of this stuff but like i would never post it just being like guys unfortunately there were some good points in this like it's or like (laughs) i wouldn't repost a manifesto being like fuck this is well written was not expecting this like Mm. no yeah if it's got a bit in it that you're like oh actually that is a good point like one, be careful, right? Because maybe it isn't, right? And two, just steal that point and make it like it's your own, and don't attribute it to the horrible person who came up with it. Because fuck them. Yeah. Don't platform them. It's not possible to do something ironically without doing that thing. That's the important thing. Also, like the proof was in the pudding with this as well, because immediately after this video was released, Pauline Hanson then put out a newsletter with responses 
from Twitter and from social media to the video. Uh, and a lot of people who were sharing it, ironically, did have their opinion shared on that newsletter against their, you know, consent or what they would have willingly put in favour of a Pauline Hanson video. So just, yeah. yeah, keep that in mind. You're going to be used in support. Yeah. Oh, no, it, it's almost like your <laughs> words got stolen and uh, just presented <laughs> to somebody else's and it sucks. Hey, you can do it to them back. Yeah. <laughs> Post-truth discourse. Bloody leftists. Oh, we, we reckon the truth is good. Who cares? <laughs> <laughs> this isn't healthcare, motherfucker. It's politics. Yeah. <laughs> so the Climate Change Performance Index came out and Australia scored a zero, making us the winners of climate golf. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> We, Fuck. We yeah, we we didn't score well. Um so we scored a zero not overall. I think we got a couple points overall, which is a bit of a shame. Perfect score, you know, lost again. Better luck next year. We ranked 58 out of 64 countries. So we beat Korea, Taipei, Canada, Iran, Saudi Arabia, and Kazakhstan. Uh, we beat Saudi Arabia. Uh, but- Yay. <laughs> uh in greenhouse gases per capita ranking, we are Dead last. Because Australia's the worst climate villain in the world. (laughs) This is the thing. I keep coming back to this idea like we need to really internalise the fact that we are that little shit country ruining it. We're not. Yeah. We're not good. We're not good. Like I was just thinking about um, what you said earlier, McLean, about like that level of disconnect that people have um, when they work in fossil fuel industries from the people that they are killing. And then when they see a person on the tracks chained there, that's like, oh no, I can't kill this person. Well, you're killing people every single day. Like, I think Australia mm. as a whole, like, even though, like, I think broadly speaking, you know, moves towards cl- um, stopping climate change are very publicly you know, supported, I think Australia as a whole has a weird level of disconnect from what huge climate villains we are, like super cartoon villain kind of people as a country. Oh, yeah. I mean, both sides of it, that's the thing. We have just like, uh, this is true of many other countries as well, but Australia has bipartisan support for climate denial. Like the Labor Party and the Liberal Party are both like, it's not real. Climate change is fine fundamentally labor is like a bit more bullish about like oh we should build renewable energy though but they're not like we should build renewable energy because it is critical to the survival of the human race to do that they're like oh we should build renewable energy because oh it'd be good for you know it'd create jobs in the renewable energy sector and isn't that nice they, they just don't ever grapple with the idea that Society will collapse if we don't deal with climate change. This is after the the fucking uh, climate change performance index gave Australia this zero score. Chris Bowen, the shadow environment minister, came out being like, "Oh, you know, this this is exactly what the problem is." He he, he fucking says uh, he describes climate change as the world's biggest challenge and Australia's biggest economic opportunity. <laughs> No, it's the world's biggest challenge and Australia's biggest challenge. We're not, we're part of the world, bro. (laughs) (laughs) We're we're not a little country on the moon. We're just an island. (laughs) Just that that opportunistic framing of it too. Like, oh shit, the world is going through some massive changes and we can get some scraps out of this. Climate change is bad, but maybe climate change is good. It's not. (laughs) (laughs) It's fuck. It's just bad. (laughs) We need to stop it. But it's like this is again the weak labor messaging around like, well, how do we get in touch with voters and and make it seem like we're for their livelihoods while also being pro climate action? I know we'll frame it that we can get some jobs out of this and we can do some stuff with it and like. That's weak. That's piss because it's all you need to do piss. because because the, the the framing then from the other side of it is hey you know that coal job you've currently got well you can keep it and labor goes oh well we could move you into some different jobs and do some do some different things and make some gdp move around and the, the liberal have to go now nah, let's just keep every, you you keep your job that's it's like bowen dude th- this is really 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 bad right now and it's only going to get worse for people like 40 and under. Really, really fucking bad. And 
Most people just want action on climate change and they do not care about the economic opportunity of it. They don't give a shit. Here's the thing. Because they're always like, oh, we can't, you know, talk about how climate change is scary because when people are scared, oh, they get very politically conservative and blah, 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 blah. No, we saw from fucking COVID that when people are genuinely convinced that shit's fucked, they will shutter their own small business rather than do the wrong thing. Obviously, the people who are like closing their cafes and shit because they don't want to comply with vaccine mandates are wrong about that. But the principle there that like these are small business owners who are terrified who are trying to do the right thing according to their flawed understanding, right? They're absolutely taking a massive hit to their hip pocket. Mm. They're so willing to do that. They're eager to do that. That's what we need. We need all of the politicians who actually believe in climate change to start talking about climate change as though it's an existential threat, which it is, mm. instead of being like, oh, no, we can't talk about it in those terms because, you know, then people will blah, blah. No, fuck off. Talk about it until people come around. I, I just want to, like, on that note, I just want to talk about something um, that David Pocock, who is a former um, Australian rugby union player um, and has spoken very widely and openly about uh, climate change and conservation, really great guy. And this week he published an article about how fossil fuel advertising is ci like cigarette sponsorship. He's absolutely right. Um, yeah. You know, as in, in sort of in sort of terms of you know fossil fuel companies and uh, coal companies being massively unpopular and people wanting climate change, they've moved into the avenues of sports sponsorship. So the reason why he wrote this article is because Santos is now a major sponsor of the Australian rugby union team, and there's a big Santos on the back of the jersey. And oh, of cool, course, as, as you can imagine, he's very unhappy about that. And I really liked. Um, what he had to say about this, which is that fossil fuel companies are fast losing their social license to continue expanding. So it's no surprise to see more of their money going into sport and sponsoring both professional and local teams to try and buy that social license and to delay that bold climate action that we need. It's something we've talked about so many times on this podcast. It's something I find really alarming that even in women's sports, you can see the creep of companies like BHP and Santos and um, yeah. And Rio Tinto coming in. And we're, you know, uh, continuing on what he said, he said, we're on track for over two degrees of warming and all fossil fuel projects need to be scrapped. But if things are so financially very tight, you know, in sport and any sort of social engagement and events, why are we accepting sponsorship from fossil fuel companies when they want to endanger our future? Right. They're endangering us economically and environmentally. Like it's, it's such a cost that, you know, we're not willing to take the hit now financially uh, in order to stop these companies who want to destroy our future. That's the thing. If you're a rugby union fan and you've barrack for the Wallabies, hey, bad news for you. You should stop. Yeah. Because they're accepting fossil fuel sponsorship <laughs> money. And you, if you, oh, but I've been going for them. They're, they've been my team for years and years. Well, it's, you know, you've been betrayed by the team that you've supported for years and years and you should feel like you've been betrayed by them because you have. Imagine the sort of cowardice of somebody who was like, oh, you know, I, I like going for, I don't know, Collingwood or something in the AFL because they're my team. And meanwhile, that same day, they're putting out a public statement being like, I'm going to kill that guy's kids. And you've been like, well... <laughs> they are my team, though. I've already bought the scarf. So I'm at, like, what, what is that guy? How much respect do you have for that guy? Oh, is it deep negative? Because that's where I'm from, right? If, if you're still going for the Wallabies, even if you didn't fucking turn on a dime when you heard Evie saying that they were accepting fossil fuel sponsorship money earlier, if you didn't be like, oh, fuck the Wallabies then, what is with you? Yeah. Look, if it happened to <laughs> my on. team, first of all, I'd be very surprised because they have huge social license and it would really, really fucking upset me and I'd stop supporting them. I well, first of yeah. all, I'd, I would contact them and say, I'm not a member anymore because I can't abide this. Um, you know, yeah. and, Santos and then go to the game and go, boo. <laughs> <laughs> and, and the thing is, this is so, so prevalent. You have to keep an eye on this stuff because Santos is entering partnerships with so many teams at the moment. Earlier this year, they entered a four-year deal with the Queensland Rugby Union um, under a four-year sponsorship agreement. They also signed up as a platinum partner of the New South Wales Waratahs. They are putting their tentacles into rugby union 
And it's very, like, these are the kind of things you have to watch out for. Like, Pocock is absolutely right. It's exactly like tobacco advertising. They want that social license and they will do anything. They will throw any amount of money to get there and be there and have their brand splashed everywhere. Like, that's the thing with advertising. It doesn't have to be a consumer product. It doesn't like, I'm not going to go to Santos and say one lump of coal, please. It's, I see the brand everywhere. (laughs) And so you, like, it's the association Mm. in your brain. The association in your brain for Santos needs to be a sick feeling of disgust, right? And they're like, oh, no, but if we put it on all the team jerseys, then people will think Santos and they'll think, oh, like my team. I like to see them throw the ball. Instead of being like, oh, Santos, fuck. (laughs) <laughs> this is the same, that's what they're buying this is the same thing as like fucking Pauline Hansen. there's just there's yes. just the one yeah. dial that goes going from bad to good and you yeah. see Santos on the back of the jersey and you it just ticks towards good a little bit oh mm. gosh it just makes me think last year um there was a lot of BHP sponsorship in the um Australian women's um AFL mm. and just having to make the fucking promotion ads. Gil McLaughlin made this awful promotion ad, uh, like talking about how great it was that BHP was putting money towards women's sports. It's like, fuck you, Gil. You could have put as much money as you possibly could have wanted into Australian women's sport, and you chose not to. Instead, you chose to take BHP's money. You're a non-profit organisation, cunt. Like, take the money and put it into women's sports, you dickhead. Sorry, i got to be a bitch there. No women's sports <laughs> yes. on a dead planet. <laughs> So this is this is on donations as well. I'm talking about you know with sports teams and whatnot, but like obviously they donate so much to politicians and, and blah blah blah. Um, prolific podcaster Dave Anthony made a point the other day, uh, which has fucking stuck with me since that I haven't really considered fully before. But and obviously this is more in America, but you can see it in fucking or every Western nation essentially is that the fossil fuel companies and their lobbyists are running out of politicians to give their money to. But they still have... <laughs> Not in Australia. Well, but, th- but this is the thing. Sort of in Australia. Like, Malcolm Turnbull lost his prime ministership because he was trying to do a joke of the bare minimum. He was trying to pretend to do the bare minimum, and even then he got rolled. Chris Pine also left. A bunch of people, like, rats off a sinking ship left as well because they are slightly more in favour of doing something about climate change than the rest of them. They're still zero, but in the same way that we got zero and still beat Canada. Like, that's that sort of level of comparison. <laughs> but so the thing is, the the reason why we're getting such fucking menacing and ridiculous politicians all over the world at the moment is because that's where the money has to go from these fossil fuel industries. And that was a really sort of scary thought. Obviously it happens much more in America, but if you just watch the trajectory of like shit politicians that are less and less engaged with reality and less and less engaged with the science and less and less engaged with helping their constituents you can follow donations to the fossil fuel industry because they have a vested interest in making sure that we don't act on the science of climate change and we don't enact policies that will limit fossil fuel extraction and burning. And it was like, yeah, the, be- yeah. because I th- like they're running out of politicians, but they're not running out of money. And so they can boost the fucking... Cli- like fucking Clive Palmer is one of the people and he boosts people like Craig Kelly. He's not boosting people like any any fossil fuel supporter in the Labor Party because they don't do enough for him to do this. Mm. And that's why like we had Scott Morrison get boosted by Clive Palmer. Scott Morrison, we know he's a liar. But Clive Palmer didn't support Malcolm Turnbull, didn't support Kevin Rudd. And, even, and they were shocking on climate action. But I just think we're going to see more and more of that until we all chain ourselves to bridges and actually stop their profits from going yeah. through. But yeah, it was just like a salient sort of thought that made made me sort of, you know, do a double take and realize that I reckon there is a much tighter and um, explicit connection between our ridiculous politicians and the fossil fuel industry, for sure. But at least we've got a plan. <laughs> <laughs> got a plan for net zero. We're going to make it. This is this week the details of the plan for Net Zero uh, came out. This is Scott Morrison's big plan, and everyone everyone knew that it was going to be bullshit. And guess what? It's bullshit. Obviously, it's worse bullshit than we even we were expecting bullshit. And then it was just it was horse shit. It's like a different animal. <laughs> a what? A bull's worse than a horse? No. What? There's <laughs> I asked for a different kind of shit. <laughs> uh? It's. 
Yeah, it, it's fucked. So they released it. There's a little bit of uh, sort of observations about the sort of timing of its release. It came out on like a Friday afternoon where the journos are just like, oh, you know, I've, I've you know, pulled a little smoko bell cord and I'm off to get some <laughs> cocktails in the evening. And meanwhile, they're just like putting out this this false document. It's also time to be sort of like right at the tail end of COP26. So there's like it's not even being discussed there because it's fucked. Right. Like, so some of the stuff was predicted that is like, oh, they're saying net zero by 2050. And that obviously means net zero, which means we'll emit a bunch of stuff, but then also do a bunch of like trades to bring our emissions down by offsets or whatever. And then it's like by 2050, which means we can do whatever we want until 2049. Right. Because, you know, climate change is just sort of (sighs) another business deal. So it's, it's, it's like backloaded. There's like bugger all actions proposed until after 2030 and then even then fuck all there's a lot of emissions reduction that just comes from doing political deals rather than actually not burning fossil fuels there's a lot of attribution to further technology breakthroughs that's just like maybe we'll invent something that makes things better but then even in the plan for net zero by 2050 it doesn't hit net zero by 2050. In the plan for net zero by 2050, in 2050, if we follow the plan, Australia is still at net 94 megatons. <laughs> <God>. So, <laughs> whatever. Oh, but he's a liar. He's just being like, net zero, winky dink. Like, he's just not even, even in the lie, he's not even committing to the lie. Yeah, fudge God. the numbers. It's, it's numbers baffling. don't matter. You, was it fucking McKinsey did this report? That evil McKinsey. <laughs> it was absolutely a McKinsey product. We love them. <laughs> but, like, just get them to fudge the numbers. By the time Keaton Joshi goes through and it's just like, hey, guys, the numbers don't add up. Like, <laughs> give give him a month of having to struggle through it to go, holy fuck, right. it's not working. But they didn't even do that. They just went. Give the poor man some work to do. <laughs> <laughs> He's bored. They just came out and said it. But, like, again, focusing on that, I think, and even we're guilty of it, but, like, you know, we're a fucking comedy podcast. But, like, (laughs) the problem there isn't that he lied. The problem there is that by 2050, we're still emitting 94 megatons of carbon. And, like, that's the bad bit. Not the lie. And this is, that was my problem with the media framing as well. Like, don't focus on the lie. This is the fucking carbon bit. Fuck. Even, that's the thing. The plan we know is obviously bullshit. Right? So it's not like, oh, even according to the plan, even if we follow the plan, we're going to be emitting 94 megatons. If we follow the plan, we're going to be emitting way more than 94 megatons because the plan is useless and it doesn't actually reduce our emissions. It's just even if we believe in the lies that the plan is telling us, even then, (laughs) even in the fantasy world. We're not hitting net zero. It's such a useless fucking document. Keaton Joshi did this write-up in The Guardian for it, uh, as, as Mitch sort of foreshadowed there. He, we put a link in the show notes, he describes it as an extremely weird document blatantly designed to protect the interests of Australia's fossil fuel industries while creating the illusion of ambitious climate action. Which, yeah, he, he, he goes pretty hard in the article. It's a, it's a good read, but... Oh, man, yeah, the, the government is just not interested in even pretending that they're interested in climate action. I, th- I think it's just an open admission that we're not going to do it. It's yeah. it's just very much just yeah. saying we're not going to do it, so this, here's your stupid document, we're not going to bother. Yeah. <laughs> like, it, it's such an yeah. open disrespect. It's the fucking parks and recreation joke where they're just like, Australia, what's your plan for net zero by 2050? And they just hand you the card that's just got their own handwriting on it that says, I'll do what I want. Yes. <laughs> I was going to say, it, re- it really has that vibe of just like, oh, the stupid babies want their pamphlet. Here you go. Yeah. Bla- like just the, the blatant disregard and disrespect shown to me personally from Scott Morrison. You piece of shit. This isn't an essay that got an F. This is an essay that got a see me after class. <laughs> just to tie a neat little bow um, in what we were talking about earlier about how stupid it is to just like have soy face every time we say Scott Morrison lies. Like, <laughs> this is it. This is like, what is the point of just saying, oh, Scott Morrison, he, he didn't really have a plan for net zero after all. Just this is it. He's going to tell you, fuck you, I'm not going to bother. What are you going to do fuck- about it? But but the idea as well, we, we, we hammered this point as often as we fucking can, but the fucking credulous rubes who masquerade as journalists in this country weeks ago going, 
Scott Morrison has landed his net zero by 2050 plan. He, what a what a move he pulled by let he didn't and we he knew he didn't did. before he even revealed that he didn't and it shouldn't be chuckle fucks on a podcast going ha 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 you're an idiot <laughs> do your job better for fuck's sake or yeah. signal boost us make us more successful than you you can just say Catherine Murphy you know you don't have to say <laughs> credulous rubes anymore <laughs> I couldn't remember if it was her or Lenore Taylor so I didn't want well, yeah <laughs> I mean. Some shout out because <laughs> Keaton Joshi did get a write up in the Guardian. Like yes. there is people saying these fucking things, but like that, it that it should not be rare. <laughs> it's, it's, Come it's, on. Not, it's not even that it shouldn't be rare. Like you can have. I don't want parody. Fifty fifty. You should not ever publish an article that says he landed a net zero plan. Yes. But, like he because he didn't, and we knew he didn't, and you fucking knew that he didn't, but you had to acquiesce to his reality. He I said this last week. Scott Morrison has said reality is one way, and the journalists go, "Hmm, I guess we have to cover reality like that." When you don't, you do not. You can just go, "No." Scott Morrison said some stuff about a plan, but he did. He does not have a plan for net zero, but 50-50. Because when, cause he, he also had this thing recently, which was just also personally affronting to me with his smug fucking attitude, where <laughs> before this came out, a journalist was asking him, when are the numbers going to come out? He went, soon. Yes, but when are they, soon. Yes, but are you going to release? Soon. I said soon. And like, by that, he is again admitting that he hasn't released the fucking numbers. So any article that was saying he's gone and bloody done it, look at that, is bullshit. And by that article getting out there and some people saying it, the dial in their head has gone from bad to good by one tick. Scott Morrison and Climate Action has gone one tick good. Some people out there who are not politically engaged saw that headline shared on Facebook and just went, oh, oh, that's good. Hmm. And it's not. You have fucked up. You are doing his job for him if you say that shit. And not just doing his job for him. Like, it's not Scott Morrison. You are doing... Climate denialist, this kills the planet, fucking, you know, evil shit. Stop it. <laughs> Stop it. Hey, knock it off. Hey. 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 <laughs> That's the strongest way to end the pod. All of the ranting and raving from earlier. Just whacking, <laughs> just whacking our hey. listeners over the nose with a newspaper. <laughs> I, you, you say that's a fucked way to end the pod, but I'm going to finish on a fucked way to end the Just brace yourselves, guys. I've okay. got a fucked way to end the pod, right. which is... So last week we were talking about the um, minister from Tuvalu yes. who was delivering his speech uh, as this uh, uh, pretty fun, grim, obviously, stunt. So this is um, Simon Kofi did a, a, a speech to the UN that he delivered from basically knee-deep in water, uh, on the on the shores of of Tuvalu, which is you know at risk of of, yep. of you know rising seawater uh, engulfing it, and indeed that is uh, what I was reading about uh, earlier this week. Is uh, I'm just going to read the first paragraph of this article. Tuvalu is looking at legal ways to keep its ownership of its maritime zones and recognition as a state, even if the Pacific Island nation is completely submerged due to climate change. Oh my god. That is to say, they are facing a real threat of being completely underwater, and so they need to look at what happens to their claims over their maritime zones if they stop having any land at all. That's what Tuvalu's up to because of climate change. Fuck me dead. That's real. Scott Morrison's a liar, though. Yeah, oh, he lied. You want to know something? The first time I ever heard about Tuvalu was, like, in the early, like, sorry, maybe mid-90s, I remember reading something about how Tuvalu's domain name, .tv, was being fought over in Hollywood basically because they wanted to buy the rights to the .tv like, domain name. And oh, yeah. there was a whole sort of legal stoush over Tuvalu basically wanting to like have the right to be able to distribute that. Um, and, and just like it is such – it just really like the fact that a country that already is suffering like the, the like many effects of colonialism and like other countries wanting to fight over their rightful property, their rightful ownership. And now it's finally come to the point where we're drowning a fucking island and they want to maintain their stateship. It's like, ah, it, it's such a grim sort of conclusion to the like the the very existence of Tuvalu. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's it's, fucked. It's fucked. But I like, and this this is the sort of thing of like, 
journalists, reporters, podcasters, YouTubers, whatever, like we can start framing this more immediately. We can start talking about climate change as something that we're in. And we, we, we are running the risk of just making sure like net zero by 2050, net zero by 2050, 2050, 2050, 2030, 2030, just pushes it so far outside the realm of the immediate. But th- like China are building islands in the, in, in the ocean to try to stop fucking climate immigrants and trade routes. Tuvalu are looking at the legal standing of having like maritime zones without land. Yeah, being it's, a water only country. It is happening right now and i think you need to be aware if you have any sort of platform or your job is in this in any sort of thing tangentially related is that in the same way that every ton of carbon you don't put into the atmosphere is good every single maneuver you make online in the written word spoken out loud is a move in one direction or the other Mm. And you can you can do a little bit now. You don't have to go. Oh well, pretty soon we'll start taking it seriously and reporting a bit more forcefully. Like you can you can do it now. And yeah. if you, even and if we hit net zero by twenty twenty one, it'd still be like woof, cutting it fucking close. If you have some sort of charter at your media place of business that prevents you maybe from doing this sort of stuff if you have style guides that pose some sort of problem if you have a manager that may be some sort of problem you start to work against it now and start actually trying because that you, you're going to have to <laughs> if you work for an organization that is supposedly pro-climate action but they have a thing that prevents you from being extremely pro-climate action fucking break that thing and get fired and then say they fired me for being pro-climate action fuck them up because there's just Tavali's gonna fucking sink <laughs> Also, like, there's there's also the issues of like, I mean, we've talked about the fraught issue of activist investors um, and shareholders, but like, companies have. Oh, I've got my hands tied. I just can't not maximize profits. Universities have this thing. We can't not invest in fossil fuel companies because we have the charter and the law makes means that we have to take, uh, we have to invest in fossil fuel because it's a return on investment. Blah 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 blah. Like, work against it. And try to change it if you have to, but like, please stop leaning on those sort of things as the excuse for yourself personally. And don't lie while you do it. That's the worst <laughs> bit. Shout outs this week. Uh, buddy, everybody's striking. And th- there's so much solidarity to go around. You've got to give it everywhere. The workers at Toll have started an indefinite strike action. Toll is big shipping, trucking, you know, moving things. Distribution. Yeah, distribution sort of place. Um, Obviously, the sort of capitalist class are like, oh, no, this threatens all of the, you know, the shelves aren't going to be stocked on Christmas. They're they're threatening Christmas. No one's getting their little treats. (laughs) The the, the workers at Toll are striking for a $2 pay rise. Uh, so when the, when the bosses are like Christmas, think about Christmas. It's like yeah, you fucking should give him the fucking two dollars. Hey. It's two dollars, mate. You. It's piss. Just give him the two dollars. Their wages haven't increased by more. No, than they've a decreased in eight years. They've decreased. Uh, yeah, they were like around thirty. No, 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 no. We're, we're gonna we're gonna bum it out again. Solidarity to the toll workers. <laughs> You're gonna fucking smash it. Destroy, burn Christmas to the ground if you have to for two dollars. You you fucking bet. Oh, yeah. uh, so solidarity to Toll. Uh, shout out to all of those people striking. Uh, and uh, the, I, I've I've just heard here we're recording on a Sunday morning and we're not a podcast that ever <laughs> lies. It's not Wednesday evening at all. Uh, the Kmart workers are about to go on strike here on Sunday morning and then here on Wednesday evening they fucking won already. Fucking Hell yeah! Did. Yes. They did. So ah! <laughs> <laughs> it's actually it's so amazing like um whenever i just think about everyone that's striking at the moment i think of it and it's parallel to all those stupid articles you see in the papers at the moment about the great resignation and that sort of thing hey why do you guys reckon that resignation is happening who could possibly say well yeah. wh- why do you reckon people are walking off their jobs right now yeah, because the pay is shit and the conditions are bad. And guess what? I just heard on the grapevine that the pay and conditions at Kmart uh, just got a little bit better. 
Yeah. And I also heard on the grapevine <laughs> that one of the suits during the negotiation broke down crying and said, you win, which is the exact kind of bullying that we love to see on Not Good Enough. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> it's so fucking good. Ah, <laughs> ah. <laughs> uh, more targeted bullying. Um, the workers at Better Red Than Dead are taking industrial action. Um, you might remember from several podcasts ago, uh, by that I mean last year, um, they were threatening to strike because they were negotiating with management on better conditions, better pay and that sort of thing. And management were like, yeah, okay, I guess we'll listen. Guess what? They've reneged on those promises, so now it's time to strike. Strike it. Yeah. So no, Yeah, there's no, absolutely no negotiating past that point. When management's like, yeah, we'll negotiate. But what if we... No, strike. No. Bam. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. <laughs> so, yeah, d- first of all, don't cross the picket line, and that includes the digital picket line. So don't yeah. buy any books from their web store or their physical store um, or web order workers banned. Yeah, they have called for a boycott. So buy from Amazon instead. No, don't. Um- <laughs> <laughs> but you can support them. By joining them, if you're in Sydney, you can join them this Friday, um, 19th of the 11th, um, at 5pm in Camperdown Memorial Park. Oh, and you can also join them by drawing a little fan art of the bosses of Red Than Dead crying at the table. Uh, <laughs> if you don't know what the bosses look like, I don't. Just put boss on the t-shirt and uh, <laughs> you'll get published in fucking, I don't know. <laughs> Me engine or something. I don't know. <laughs> the not good enough Twitter feed. Send it to us. Yeah. <laughs> You'll get a retweet. Send us fan art of bosses crying. That's what I want. <laughs> Bloody, it's McLean coming in from very slightly later on the Wednesday evening that we recorded the very tail end of this episode on. And uh, just because uh, the, 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 the while we were recording that, that the, the shout outs, the bloody toll workers friggin' won. I, I just saw from the United Workers Union that, yeah, they're, they're voted to accept a new offer from toll. They get a 3% pay rise each year. A bunch of other rad shit. They saved Christmas. Speaking of places you can go as well this week, November 20th, all around the country, campaign against racism and fascism. CAF are holding nationwide counter-protests against all the anti-vax conspiracy theorists, alt-white, right, weird Facebook boomer-brained people that uh, had like a little, they had a bloody noose. They had a little gallows on a truck, beep, beep, around Parliament Hall they went. You probably would have seen that this is mainly happening in Melbourne at the moment, but if you're in any other state, uh, in any other city, fuck it, come out as well. Just come out in solidarity. If you're in Sydney, it's 11 o'clock at Town Hall. Brisbane, 11 a.m., King George Square. Perth, 11.30, but check the event details closer to. But for us, it is Melbourne, 12 p.m. at the Eight Hour Monument, Saturday 20th. That's the corner of Russell and Victoria Street. And something to note is that this isn't a direct counter-protest. This isn't one of those, like, argy-bargy, getting in their faces, yelling at each other on the steps of somewhere or other. This is a solidarity protest. This is getting out on the street, making your voice heard, and because there are no plans to directly confront these gronks, bring out people who were pissed off at this and sick of it, but rightly worried that these cunts might get dangerous. Um, Even if you're a bit worried about it, there will be other people there. And like I said, there's no threat of a direct confrontation coming from the CAF organizers. So come out, stand in solidarity with a bunch of other people that are also over this shit and make your voice heard. It will feel really, really good. Cannot stress that enough. If like, There's plenty of good reasons to do it socially, culturally, and interpersonally, but just for yourself, get out there and stand on the streets with people that you agree with and you'll feel good. Lovely. <laughs> Amen to that. Yeah. Shout out as well, friendly George. Jo- fucking. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you, Evie. <laughs> Thanks again for listening to another episode of Not Good Enough. You can get in touch with us on all the socials at notgoodpod or email us notgoodpod at protonmail.com. And also, leave us a review on an app and yeah. tell a friend about it. And, you know, don't plan to violently confront your friend. You can just say, podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I do like the idea that most weeks our listeners do violently confront their friends, but this week is a special week. <laughs> yeah. Fuck off word of mouth. We want herd of mouth. <laughs> wow. Don't, don't, ju- don't jujitsu your friends into listening to this podcast. We want kinder, nicer politics. <laughs> Suck your friend in the gob and say, listen, and not good enough. <laughs> not good enough was recorded on the lands of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation. We pay respect to their elders and uh, acknowledge that sovereignty was never ceded.